Hello and welcome to episode number 104 of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Chris Tripodi, and I'm joined, as always, by Tony Pauline. As bowl season is winding down, this episode will cover the remainder of the New Year's six games, in addition to the two Thursday games. That leaves us with just three games left to cover, excluding, of course, the national championship game on January 13th. But obviously, when it comes to draft season, one door closing just means we're about to walk right through another. Another door that uh, is going to be non-ending because it just gets busier and busier as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, we got the Shrine game, which I'll be covering. We've got the Senior Bowl, which Chris and I will be covering. Uh, then you go into the Combine, then March, it's Pro Day. So it's, it just gets crazier and crazier as the season winds down. When you're talking or you're looking at it from the perspective of the NFL draft. And we'll get going on this show with the Verbo Citrus Bowl. Alabama and Michigan will play in this one. Obviously, no two attack of Aloha after that hip injury. But when the Tide have the ball, I'll be watching running back Najee Harris and the wide receivers, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs III, and Devontae Smith. And those are just the 2020 guys. Jalen Waddell is a guy to look towards for the future as well. And all of those guys are going to present mismatches for the Wolverine secondary. I'll be interested to see how Kalecki Hudson and Devin Gill, also Josh Metellus, the safety, defend the run. But let's watch Josh Uche off the edge. Friend of the podcast, he's already declared for the draft, and he's heading to the Senior Bowl, eighth in the Big Ten with eight and a half sacks. He's got a tough matchup in this game against the offensive tackles for Alabama, Jedrick Wills Jr., and Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, and I'm told that Leatherwood will enter the draft. Willis may enter the draft. A lot of people think that Jedrick Willis is a top 15 pick. I disagree. I've got Leatherwood uh, rated higher. I think he's more of a natural left tackle. In fact, uh, where the New York Jets will be drafting now after winning seven games, I think Leatherwood is the type of guy that they got to look at. When you talk about those Alabama receivers, remember, Michigan's got a solid secondary. Ambry Thomas, the uh, third-year junior cornerback, I grade him as a third-round pick. You got Kalike Hudson, who plays that sort of Viper role, which is a hybrid linebacker safety sort of situation. Lavert Hill. Last, uh, last day guy, I have got him graded as a fifth-round pick. Terrific ball skills. There's some question about his deep speed. So, uh, you know, the way he uh, is able to cover Jerry Judy is going to be a question, as well as Josh Metellus, another real good football player, but not a great athlete. So the way this Michigan secondary is able to cover or contain uh, those uh, Alabama receivers is going to be something to watch. Uh, I got to say something about Tua Tagliavoa. You know, he had the press conference saying that he had not made a decision as to whether or not he's going to enter the draft. I had said immediately after the injury that I was hearing Tagliavoa was telling friends he's leaning towards entering the draft. Everything I'm told or everything I'm, I hear leads me to believe that Tagliavoa is going to enter the draft. I'm told he's talking with different agencies. He may split up the way it's done uh, in an unconventional way where one agency uh, does the contract for him. The other agency does promotional work. Everything I've heard leads me to believe that Tua will sooner rather than later make himself eligible for the 2020 NFL draft. Now looking at the other side of the ball, for Alabama, we'll have no Trayvon Diggs or Terrell Lewis on the defensive side. No Diggs obviously makes the matchup easier for the Michigan wide receivers, Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Tariq Black. But let's focus up front. Defensive tackle Fedarian Mathis and defensive end Raekwon Davis are going to face an offensive line with four potential NFL prospects. Center Cesar Ruiz is the best of the bunch but also guards Ben Bredesen and Michael Onwenu will get their share of reps against Mathis on the inside, as will Ruiz. 
and left tackle John Runyon should see a lot of Davis when he gets opportunities in pass rushing situations and on run plays. Cesar Ruiz is my highest rated Michigan Wolverine next level prospect. I have him as a late first round pick. He is a complete center. He blocks with outstanding fundamentals. He's got great vision. He's powerful. He's good on his feet. He can get out to the second level. I'm really looking forward to the matchup between Cesar Ruiz and Raekwon Davis, whose game I think has kind of slipped the past year and a half. When you watch Raekwon Davis as a sophomore, I thought he was a shoe in as a top 10 pick. I think he slipped a bit. Cesar Ruiz, as far as I'm concerned right now, is going to battle Tyler Biedaz of uh, Wisconsin to be the first center selected in the 2020 draft. Neither guys have officially announced yet. I expect Biedaz to uh, enter the draft. I am told Ruiz is heavily leaning towards entering the draft, which I think he should, because I don't know that he's really going to improve his draft stock all that much by going back to Michigan. Now, Also at 1 p.m. on New Year's Day is the Outback Bowl featuring Auburn and Minnesota. Most of the prospects in this one are on the Auburn side. The spread also favors the Tigers by seven. But Minnesota's offense features three future NFL receivers. Tyler Johnson, we've talked about these guys a lot. He's more of a possession receiver. Chris Ottman-Bell is the big play threat. And Rashad Bateman, not 2020 draft eligible, but probably the best of the trio and a good combination of the ability of both Johnson and Ottman-Bell. The Auburn corners, Noah Igbenahin and Javaris Davis, are going to be tasked with coverage on this trio. How do these guys match up with each other, Tony? Yeah, well, the, the, uh, especially Tyler Johnson's got a size advantage over Igby Noe and uh, Javaris Davis, who we'll see at the Shrine game. Davis is a good corner, but it just doesn't have the great size. Igby Noe, I believe, is an underrated. He's kind of – a lot of people aren't talking about him when they should be talking about him. Uh, I, I think the, the Auburn d- defensive backs do have, a, have an advantage – Uh, on the uh, Minnesota receivers who are good, but not great. I mean, a lot of people talked about Tyler Johnson as being a top 45 selection. I had him graded as a fifth round pick, maybe a fourth round selection. He's going to the shrine game. So that's kind of going to give you, gives you an idea of what scouts think of him. Now, another big matchup up front is center guard, Connor Olson facing off against Auburn stud defensive tackle, Derek Brown. We've complimented Olsen on the show for his versatility and his skill set as well, but Brown is going to be a whole different animal in this matchup. Yeah, it's, it, they can't just rely on a guy like Connor Olsen to block uh, Derek Brown. They're going to have the game plan where Derek Brown is always accounted for him and he's always double teamed. Uh, you know what? Credit to Derek Brown for playing in this game because Derek Brown had every reason to say, listen, I'm going to skip the bowl game and start to prepare for the NFL draft. Once again, I think it says something about Derek Brown. Uh, I mean, he's a big athletic guy who's a three down player. He could, you could use him in multiple schemes uh, and he just keeps playing. He just keeps playing better and better and better. One note from this game, I'm told that Antoine Winfield Jr., the explosive defensive back that can play corner or safety for the Minnesota Golden Golfers, whose father was a great professional, came out of Ohio State, played all those years for the Buffalo Bills. I'm told that Winfield Jr. is heavily leaning towards entering the draft and the expectations are right now that he'll probably leave Minnesota after this game and uh, make himself available. And why not? He's had an incredible uh, season in 2019. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy we've talked about a lot, really the type of year that leads somebody to come from kind of off the radar to declare for the draft, but back to Brown quickly and just the whole, you know, players skipping bowl games. Um, Brown, when he was asked why he didn't, consider skipping the bowl game he said he wanted to finish the season off with his teammates because he was a captain and they asked him when he made his decision and he had one word he just said immediately so there was not a thought 
crossing Brown's mind, which, as you said, says a lot about him. And I think when the guys like that play in these types of games, it says more about them than it says about the guys that don't play in these games. And I think NFL decision makers are starting to realize this is a trend. We can't knock players for doing this because we're going to be crossing way too many guys off our board. But I think I saw a quote recently. It was from Sean McDermott, and it was about somebody who played in their bowl game. I forget who the player was now, but he said something like he's, you know, the same idea. We're not going to knock a guy for not playing, but we're going to move a guy up if he plays in the bowl game when he has no reason to. And I mean, how much further can Derek Brown move up the board based on his ability? But this is only going to further endear him to NFL teams and decision makers and obviously his future teammates. Says something about his love for football. It says something about his love for being on the field. And, you know, he backs that up with great play. And I, and I mean, you know, this is not a major bowl game that he's playing. And it's an enjoyable bowl game. But, you know, the Minnesota matchup, uh, you know, in the Outback Bowl, Outback Bowl is a fun game on uh, New Year's Day played in Tampa. But, but it's not, you know, one of the big name bowls like the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, where the national championship will be this year. Uh, and for him to play in really what is a second tier bowl game against a second tier opponent you know, like you said, says a lot about him. And you're right. You can't knock guys who uh, basically decide to pull themselves out of bowl games, especially when they're not injured. But you do have to applaud people like Derek Brown. Now we have two New Year's Six Bowl games down and two to go. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Support for the draft analyst comes from Manscaped, who brings you the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Wow. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Manscaped have redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has propriety skin-safe technology, so this trimmer helps you avoid nicks or snags. Another advantage of this custom trimmer? Your current trimmer won't have to pull double duty below the belt and above the neck. That's just dirty. Yeah, Manscaped also has Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You were wondering where I was going with that one. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the worst smelling part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLEAVE at manscaped.com. Start the new year off the right way by using the best tools for the job. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code believe at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Make sure you use the code believe. Moving on to the evening game, the Rose Bowl presented by Northwestern Mutual, Oregon against Wisconsin. And when the Ducks have the ball, like it always is, it's going to be all about quarterback Justin Herbert and him stepping up in the big game. He'll face pressure off the edge and up the middle from linebackers Zach Vaughn and Chris Orr, who have 24 combined sacks for the Badgers defense, which is actually third in FBS with 49 sacks. The Oregon offensive line, though, very good. Shane Lemieux on the inside, Calvin Throckmorton at right tackle, probably a guard at the NFL level, and then Panay Suell at left tackle, not a guy who's going to be in this year's draft, but a big name to watch down the line. Both him and Throckmorton should see a good amount of Vaughn, who generally comes off the edge, and Lemieux, might have to deal with some delayed blitzes from or stunts, twists, things like that. So that'll be a real interesting battle to watch to see how these guys protect Justin Herbert against an aggressive defense. You know, this is a game where Justin Herbert should stand out, have big numbers and carry the Oregon offense. Then again, how many times have we said that this season and Justin Herbert has not been able to do it? I mean, Oregon has a speed and athletic advantage on Wisconsin. 
in a variety of departments. The Wisconsin defensive backs cannot should not be able to stay with the Oregon receivers because they're so fast. I would expect Justin Herbert to have uh, open receivers all day. And, you know, <laughs> are we going to get the Justin Herbert that we expect to see? Or are we going to get the Justin Herbert, the uninspired Justin Herbert that we basically have witnessed the past year and a half? Uh, eventually, it's got to kick into gear for Justin Herbert or he's going to drop down into the middle portion of round one. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely an opportunity for Herbert to make a statement game on his way out. He hasn't really done it yet, but if he does it on the way out, there are a lot of people that will look at that bowl game and they'll say, okay, he finally did it. This is his moment. We're not as worried about him as he used to be. Is that a mistake, Tony, or is this kind of game, if he comes out and makes a big statement, is that kind of not all you need to see, but just a massive step in, in terms of his NFL future? Well, I think it is. It'll be justification for a team that wants to take him early. I, I think it's something that where a team is looking for a reason, you know, say take Justin Herbert in the top eight. If he has a big game against Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl, which is, you know, as they say, the granddaddy of them all on the West Coast, it'll be something that a team can point to as justification for taking him that early after what has been an uninspired campaign for Herbert. Now, the obvious headliner for the Badgers offense is running back Jonathan Taylor. He'll be running behind a guy we mentioned earlier briefly, Tyler Biadaz, who'll be battling Cesar Ruiz for the top center spot in this year's draft. And Biadaz is going to get a challenge in this one against big defensive tackle Jordan Scott from Oregon. Linebackers Troy Dye and Lamar Winston Jr. will be tasked with keeping Taylor in check and tight end Jake Ferguson, as well as rushing the passer and getting some pressure on the offensive line for Wisconsin. Huge challenge for Biadaz because he's very athletic. He's very explosive. Uh, he's very effective in motion, getting out to the second level. But what he lacks is the brute strength. And that's basically what Jordan Scott possesses. I, I, he is, he's one of those guys that really, you know, as I've said before, they talk about how defensive tackles shouldn't wear single number jerseys because it's so stretched out. Uh, well, Jordan Scott wears a double number jersey, and it's still stretched out. He could basically wear a number 100 or above, and it, it would look like he fit him. That He's that wide, but he's also very athletic. He's more than a guy who just takes up a lot of space. He's athletic. He, he's explosive. He can change direction. So this is a big test for Biadez. The other matchup to watch is keep an eye on Wisconsin wide receiver Quinton Cephas, who's having a terrific campaign after people didn't even know whether or not he was going to be playing this year, against or the Oregon cornerbacks, uh, Thomas Graham Jr. and Demandre Lenore, both really solid college cornerbacks who I think are going to be good nickelbacks at the next level. I'm told that Thomas Graham Jr. Uh, of Oregon is heavily leaning towards entering the draft, so this could be his final game uh, on the college field, as it's very likely to be the last game for Jonathan Taylor and Tyler Biadas. Now, the final New Year's Six game is the nightcap, the All-State Sugar Bowl between Georgia and Baylor. The Bears had a great year this year, but not a ton of top prospects on their roster. Wide receiver Denzel Mims, 61 catches for 945 yards and 11 scores this season, a big body type of receiver. Guard Sam Tecklenburg is a potential late rounder, as is defensive tackle Bravion Roy. And the lone Bears prospect who gets a matchup against another prospect is Roy against Georgia guard Solomon Kinley, who also himself is more of a third-day type of guy. A lot of Georgia guys not playing this game. Andrew Thomas, who is going to be a top-ten pick. Uh, Isaiah Wilson, I don't even know. Is Isaiah Wilson playing in this game? Do you know? He is not. 
He is not. So Isaiah Wilson, the other offensive tackle, I said both of these guys would be entering the draft. Isaiah Wilson, I think, is a fringe first-day pick, could fall into the second round. You know, I'm hearing a lot of good things about Denzel Mims. We think of him as a just a big-body possession guy, but I'm told when he works out of the combine, he's going to surprise a lot of people and could run in the four threes. And if he comes in at 210, between 210 and 215 pounds, and he runs in the four threes, uh, that's really going to help his draft stock. Uh, latest on Jake Fromm is he hasn't decided whether or not he's going to enter the draft. I think Jake Fromm is sort of in a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of situation. Uh, I think it's best for him to go back because he hasn't had a good year. Right now, I, I grade Fromm as a, uh, as a last day pick, fourth or fifth round pick. But then if he goes back, you know, he has to start over with new receivers. Probably not going to have his running back. DeAndre Swift's probably going to enter the draft. Obviously, his two offensive tackles are off. So he's going back to what is sort of a rebuilding Georgia offense. Uh, I could see uh, arguments for both sides of the coin for uh, Jake Fromm. Uh, but if he enters the draft, don't expect him to be a high pick. I, I think he's going to fall into the fourth, fifth round area. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the guys sitting for Georgia, Thomas and Wilson. Swift is also still uncertain whether he's going to play in this game. Safety J.R. Reed isn't going to play. So it's a definite drop-off in terms of the guys we're going to see on the field, and it might just be Jake Fromm there. And we're going to have to watch him. If Swift sits in addition to the tackles, he's going to be playing with a real limited supporting cast, which actually could provide him with kind of an opportunity to elevate some other players around him, something he's not really known for doing, something I don't really expect to see from him, but he does have a chance to prove he's not just kind of a sum of his surrounding parts. But if he were to struggle in a scenario like that, that could be foreshadowing for what happens next year. It's not going to help his draft grade this year, but it's also going to be a situation, like you said, where if he comes back next year and that's his supporting cast, is he going to fall even further than he's fallen since the beginning of this season when lots of people had him very high? And you know that Baylor is on a vendetta. Baylor is going to want to win this game. They blew that big lead to Oklahoma. They lost a Big 12 championship game to Oklahoma. Their head coach, Matt Rule, is probably not going to be with Baylor next year. Uh, as I had said at, with PhiladelphiaEagles.com during our uh, Journey to Draft podcast, Matt Rule was going to be one of the hottest coaching candidates in the NFL once the season ended. You're seeing that now. There's a good chance as I reported uh, weeks ago at, at, uh, at uh, Pro Football Network, Rule ends up with the Giants. That's the job he wants. I'll just say something that I've said in the past. The whole thing with Matt Rule is he's very comfortable at Beller. He makes a huge salary. He's got a lot of incentives. He's got a lot of control. So he's going to pick a situation in the NFL that's right for him. But still, this is very likely the last game that the Rule coaches at Beller. So you know – the Baylor Bears, after losing two disappointing games to Oklahoma, not getting into the playoff, and very likely losing their coach at the end of the season, they're on a vendetta, and they're going to want to basically rip apart an SEC team. They would like nothing better than that. Uh, so that's another reason why, uh, why Jake Fromm's going to watch out. Now we'll finish the show by breaking down the two Thursday bowl games. But before we do, here's a word from our sponsor. Christmas has come and gone, but the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've seen just what our teams are capable of this season, and now it's time to get your last bets in before the big games. Will the Ravens get it done? Can Tom Brady and the Patriots get themselves another ring? I bet you have a feeling about both. Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the bowl games, 
my bookie is where you want to go. Football not your thing? Be strange if you're listening to this podcast and it wasn't your thing, but there's no worries even still. My bookie has it all from the NBA to the Premier League. They've got the fastest payouts, the best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pool your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay wages let you bet multiple games together, and if they all come through, you win big. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from MyBookie. MyBookie, bet, win, and get paid. Now the first game on Thursday slate is the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl where Boston College faces Cincinnati. Running back A.J. Dillon is going to skip this game for BC after he declared for the draft. Does take something away from this one, which was already kind of limited in prospects. Not really anything on the Cincinnati side of things, but the Golden Eagles defense does have some talent. Cornerback Brandon Sebastian, just a redshirt sophomore, but good size and ball skills, a potential early pick down the line. And then a trio of linebackers, John Lamott, Max Richardson, and Isaiah McDuffie, All these guys are juniors, so they are not guaranteed to be in next year's draft. They rate as day three prospects right now. Anything specific that you're watching here in this one, Tony? Not really. I mean, obviously, Boston College fired their coach. They're a team that's going to be under new management soon. I think Cincinnati and Luke Fickle has one of the best coaches in college football. I'm surprised he has not been scooped up. Uh, You know, they're they're constantly winning. They're constantly in the uh, postseason. They're playing for conference titles. I'm talking about Cincinnati yet they do it with a limited amount of talent. Uh, their top uh, prospect is probably Michael Warren, junior running back, who I grade as a seventh rounder. Their top senior prospect is the tight end Josiah DeGora, who we spoke about back in June when we basically started our preview, our summer preview series. DeGora was graded as a street free agent by scouts. He's probably not going to get drafted. He's a priority free agent type of tight end, but he's still going to the senior bowl, which says something about him. He's a guy who I project as a number three. I think the overall theme for me in this game is what a good coach Luke Fickle is and how he gets so much out of marginal talent, which means he's not really a great recruiter because all the players are going to Ohio State, but how he gets so much out of his talent. And I'm still shocked that no other big uh, program has come and swiped up uh, Luke Fickle. Now, last up on this week's show is the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl featuring Indiana and Tennessee and Most of the draft talent here is on the offensive line. Tackle Trey Smith from Tennessee. We won't see tackle Coy Kronk from Indiana, who had a bad injury earlier in the season. The Hoosiers do also feature center Hunter Littlejohn, and he's a fundamentally sound player, just like his teammate Kronk. Kronk did have the versatility to play tackle and guard. Again, we won't see him in this one, though. The top prospect in this game, though, is not an offensive lineman for the Vols, and that's Daryl Taylor. Similar production this season as he had in 2018 who was a bit more consistent, impacted more games and more plays within those games, combine that improvement with good size and good athleticism, and he's an intriguing prospect off the edge. Guy we'll see at the Senior Bowl, and a guy who's got really incredible size speed numbers. Someone who projects very well as a 3-4 outside linebacker, someone who came into the season 
uh, with first-round grades from scouts, but he's never really met expectations. I think he's more of a third-round guy. Maybe if he performs well at the Senior Bowl, he moves into the second round. But someone who, you know, go back to what we were talking about with Justin Herbert, you expect a lot from him, and then afterwards you say, you know, what happened? Uh, you, 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 you were wanting for more from him. Spit it out there, Tony. Uh, Indiana's got some decent skill players that you got to keep an eye on. Peyton Ramsey, the quarterback, very live arm, active quarterback, can make plays in or out of the pocket, has said already that he's going to return to school. They've got a third-year sophomore tight end in the, in, by the name of Peyton Hendershot, who right now I grade as a fourth-rounder. He's watched his game take off. they got a bigger senior receiver by the name of Nick Westbrook, who is going to be a priority free agent. He's one of your bigger possession receivers with reliable hands but limited size and speed and the thing about Westbrook when you watch the film is he's a terrific downfield blocker they also have a linebacker by the name of Marcelino Ball uh, who is not listed by scouts or not graded by scouts coming into the season he's had a terrific year tall thin guy instinctive flows well to the action some people think he could slide into the late rounds I think he's more of a priority free agent but it'll be interesting to watch him against that Tennessee offense that's it for the 104th episode of the Draft Analysts presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter that we'd be happy to answer on the show. We'll be back later this week to put an official bow on bow season. But until then, for Tony Pauline, this is Chris Tripodi. Good night. Everyone has a favorite photo. Now you can turn yours into canvas wall art at canvasworld.com. Canvasworld.com will print your photograph on a handcrafted custom canvas at the size of your choice. They combine the latest technology and environmentally friendly inks to produce canvas prints that are higher quality than ever available before. And they guarantee their work for life. Maybe that's why six of the country's top 10 hotel chains choose Canvas World. Their prices are a fraction of what you'd pay elsewhere and it's easy. Just upload your photo, choose a size, and you're done. They'll even digitally retouch your photo absolutely free. Place your order at canvasworld.com today and save 35%. Plus, get free shipping when you enter promo code photo at checkout. Get big canvas prints at big savings at canvasworld.com and save 35% and get free shipping when you enter promo code photo at checkout. Order yours today at canvasworld.com. That's canvasworld.com, where photos become art.